Well, good morning. That was a little more awkward than I thought it'd be, but anyway, when, uh, when uh, Bert and Ernie, I mean Zach and Josh, he came and he said, uh, what do we do when, when, like commercials, Pastor, but what's the limit? And I go, well, I mean, you know what, come, come on. I mean, you think about this area in, uh, in the United States, I said, Let's not put, we're not putting any limit on it. It's a nasty place, a nasty world, so we just need to expose the enemy and all of his lies. Amen? And so if you're a visitor, what can I say? Welcome to our Savior's Church. So what I want to do is, uh, I, I just, if we can't have the talk about sex and church, then where can we talk about it? You know, and I, I can't, I think, can't play, think of any other place that, what, that you know, that, that we can talk about uh, sexuality and God's principles for this and what the Bible has to say. Amen? And so this morning what I want to do is, you know, I heard a story of a guy that his little girl came to him and he talked about his cat. And I do have to make a confession this morning. I do have a cat. I hate cats. It's not my cat. It's my daughter's cat. I'm actually a cat hypocrite. So y'all pray for me. But what uh, his, his little girl's cat had, was making these funny sounds, and it sounded like it needed help. And the cat was going, and she said, Daddy, he said, our cat, it sounded like it needed help. And, and, and the, the cat across the street that was, that was gray came over, and he just looked at her. And then later they had babies. He says, Daddy, is that how people have babies? And he just said, that's exactly the way people have babies. <laughs> and he goes, and she goes, she goes to her dad, and she goes, well, Dad, we have six kids. You need to stop looking mama, looking at mama like you look at her. And so, you know, I don't know where you came but, or where you've come from, but I just believe this, the greatest, how many of you, you know, I want to talk about having great sex, godly sex, in the way God created. Is that all right? I just know this. Anything God makes is good, but the enemy comes in and puts a camouflage, a deception, and, and you know, it's kind of like flambeau decoys, realism that gets results. And so what happens is he tries to do things, but great and godly sex starts between the ears before it starts between the legs. Amen? It starts between the ears before it starts between the legs. And see, great and godly sex starts with godly thinking. Can y'all hear me? All right. Turn me up a little bit. Just, I need to hear myself anyway. But it starts that way. And you see, our spiritual enemy has tried to be the sex teacher and the sex counselor for many, 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 many generations. And what he's done is, is that he gets us to have wrong thinking so we begin to have sinful actions. And so what happens is, let's see what the Bible says in, in John chapter 8, verse 44. If you have your notes, you can follow along with me. You write in with your pen. It says, when the devil or when, when, the devil or when Satan lies... He speaks his native tongue or language. For he is a what? He's a liar, and it says that he is the father of lies. So let's get this straight. He's a liar, and he's the father of lies. 
And so Satan is the great deceiver, and he loves to lie about sex. And so, but Jesus said in 8, chapter John, chapter 8, verse 32, he says this, Then you will know the what? The truth, and the truth will set you free. And so this morning, I want to give you biblical truth and principles guided by what the Word of God says to set some of you free. Is that all right? And so we're going we're gonna to expose some Satan's lies about sex, and we're going to renew our minds, and we're going to begin to allow the truth of God's Word, the Bible, begin to permeate our hearts and our minds. And so this is a beginning. And so what I want to do is we're going to talk about our strategy today is to establish a foundation to build on. We want to expose the lies so when we expose the lies, we can allow God to renew our minds and renew our thinking so we don't think like we used to. Is that all right? And some of us need brainwashing. Your brain needs to be washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen? And so what happens is, is that there, 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 there's, next week we're going to talk about lies Satan tells your kids. And so I, wanna, I want you to, we're gonna, what we want to do is we want to prepare to defeat the lies when they come, especially to our children. Amen? Because, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I just, I didn't see it, but I heard a lot of things. At the Grammy Awards, they had a, a wedding, and I don't want to get into all that stuff. But it just, it's repulsive. It's sickening. You know, that everything's being so pushed on our society that they, they're trying to make us accept things. And you, nowadays, you can't even turn on the TV without your kids being exposed to something stupid. That's all I got to say. All right? How many of y'all agree with that? And so... And then the next week, we're going to talk the lie, the lie Satan tells to married people and to singles. But today, let's start back, let's start back in the beginning. And what we're going to do is we're going to, talk, we're going to start with the foundation. And we're going, to, we're going to start with Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay? So if you would go with me, the first principle that I want you to know is, number one, is the, the, the serpent's first deception involved sexuality. In the farm, he was in in the form of a snake, in the form of a servant, serpent. And he came in Genesis chapter 2, verse 22. And the man and the woman were both what? Pastor, you can say that in church? Yes, let's say it again. Let's say it back. And what happens, it says, it says, Then the man and the wife were both what? Naked. And they, they felt what? So they felt no shame. They were naked and unashamed. They were completely innocent. They, 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 they were not embarrassed. They didn't feel dirty. They didn't feel uncomfortable. They just, that's, they just felt, hey, man, this is the way it is. They were naked and they were unashamed. There, there was intimacy, security, trust, and belonging. There wasn't any, any shame. They were completely innocent. So they were, what happens is, it's like, I, I know, I, I'll just say it that I, I've had my children come when we've had company and they've run out naked. You know what I mean? I could be, we've had Bible studies in my house and my children have walked out from a fresh bath out and they just, ah, they jingle themselves all over the place and people, oh my God. You know? But it would be different. I mean, you know, that's innocent. They're not ashamed. It's okay. But let's say if I have a Bible study at my house and I decide to go to the bathroom and get undressed and come out with just my tennis shoes. I would probably be starting a new ministry and it would be called in jail. You know, because, 
you're going, wait a minute, Pastor Bubba, that ain't right. That's nasty. That's weird. That's, uh, come on now. And so what I want to do is, you know, this morning is that they, they were naked and they were unashamed. They were, they were innocent. You know, Satan's first deception is involved sexuality. The second thing, y'all with me? Our sexuality is Satan's easiest door to shame. It's the easiest door into our lives, into the entrance of our hearts and our lives. It's the easiest one. Think about the very first time you were exposed to sexual impurity. Okay? Maybe someone did something to you and it wasn't right. Or you saw something that wasn't right. Or you think about it and you felt for the first time you were, ex- you were exposed you kinda, uh, to impurity. How did you feel? You know? You probably felt shame, felt dirty, felt confused. Maybe there was a rush of excitement that came upon you, mingled with the same guilt and some fear. And I can't believe I did that. Uh, God. And, and you just feel dirty. How many of you talking about? And so, you know, I, I remember just as a kid, the first time I was exposed, I was 10 years old. I was going through my dad's sock drawer. And when I was going through it, he had a deck of cards. And the ladies didn't have nothing on from their waist up. And I saw one, and it was a whole deck of them. I said, shoot. So I grabbed that, brought it to my room, and hid in the closet. And I, I can remember. I, I, remember, I remember this, this new sexual kind of rush feeling. I, I remember uh, the fear of getting caught. You know what I mean? Because I probably got caught, my dad killed me. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? I can remember putting it back and being afraid that I put the rubber band right back. And then I put it right back in the place that it was. I had all those fears. And then I felt, and you know, my stepmother came out. Hey, how you doing? I didn't want to hug her, just, you know. There was shame. There was guilt. There was fear. How many are you talking about? And I can remember, and I'm going to, you know, it's like, and if that was 44 years ago. If I think long and hard enough about that, I can bring those images back to my mind. So that's what the Bible says in Romans, that we're to renew our mind. Not to be, not to, not to be conformed to the image of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Amen? I encourage you to go read that. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But it says right here, it says, you know, and so I'm going to ask you two Shame-filled questions. And let me, let me just say, for some of you, it's going to be hard to answer these questions. For some of you, you say, I don't want to answer this at all, Pastor Baba. I really don't. But what I want to do is, uh, you may be afraid and you may have buried this thing for a long time. Uh, let, me, let me encourage you. God wants to take that which is in the dark and bring it to the light so he can bring healing in your life. Can I say that again? God wants to bring whatever's been hidden, whatever's in the dark, and bring it to light to heal you. You see, some of us have buried things. See, great, great and godly sex starts between the ears before it starts between the legs. The first question is this. What seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? I'm going to ask that question again. What seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? Maybe as a kid, someone touched you in an, unappropriate, in an inappropriate way. You felt dirty. You felt afraid. Maybe you enjoyed it, but you regretted it. Maybe you 
blamed yourself. You grew up with confusion. Maybe you saw something sexually like I did. In, in an image, a movie, a website, an action. And it, 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 it changed your thought process. The way you looked at things, the way you approached things, the way you thought about things. Maybe you had some homosexual thoughts. You felt unnormal. Maybe you acted on it and you have shame and you're confused. Maybe you started fooling around. Honestly, though, it's my body. I can do what I want with my body. It's mine. You know, you thought it was kind of, it kind of feels good. Maybe you thought you were getting love when you didn't, but you realized it wasn't love at all. What seed of sexual shame has Satan planted in your life? Adam and Eve ate, ate the fruit. You remember how they were tempted in the garden and, and, and the serpent comes to them and he begins to try to tempt them. You know the story. And then he told them, he said, man, you'll just be like God. Just eat the fruit. And God said, no, we're not supposed to eat. That's an unforbidden fruit. We're not supposed to eat that. Oh, come on. God's trying to keep something from you. You'll be like God if you do this. Did he really say you can't eat from this fruit? Come on, y'all know the story. And we know that, that, that Satan tempted them and they ate the forbidden fruit. And then what happened? Let's see what in Genesis chapter 3 verse 7, what happened? Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were what? Say it again with me. They were what? They were naked. So they, they sewed fig leaves together and made what? Coverings for themselves. Now, when they were naked, they were ashamed, and they were vulnerable now. They weren't naked and unashamed anymore. They were naked, ashamed, and vulnerable. They felt dirty. They felt like they needed to cover up. I don't, I don't feel comfortable the way I am around other people or now even with God. So they covered up. So what did they do? Anytime we feel vulnerable, we cover up. We go through life with coverings. Come on. Some people cover themselves up with different things. Some people put on different masks. And we know that when you come to know God and you allow him to change you from the inside out, it's not about you change the way you dress. It's not the outside. It's not that you say good words or you don't, you try not to cuss. You try not to do these, these outward things. God begins to do an inside job on us. He begins to change us from the inside, inside out. He begins to deal with our heart. Our attitudes, our thoughts. Let me ask you a question. How many, and it's not even, how many of you battled this week with just maybe angry thoughts, not good thoughts, or things you've had to battle? How many of you have had to battle this week? Come on. Every day. Come on. It's like every day when we wake up, when we get out of bed, in it, in, don't we go to battle? It's like my African preacher friend, he goes, Pastor Baba. He said, every time an impala wakes up, he hits the ground running. I said, why? Because the lion is going to chase him. And it's the same with us. Every time we wake up in the morning, the enemy's looking for a new strategy. He's looking for a new tack. He's trying to find a wound or a hurt inside of our lives to try to affect the way we think, the way affect our actions, the way affect our thoughts. Come on, are y'all with me? See, just like I shared earlier, you know, it's like, I believe this. He wants you to have, what he wants to do, he wants you to begin to work. You know, if, if you can't allow him to change your heart and your thinking, what he wants to do, he just wants to play the shame game. He wants to blame you and play the shame game. And so what happens is, 
is, is notice this. What do they do? Let, let me ask, how many of you have ever had a dream like me where you showed up at school and you're walking the hall naked? Are you going to school in your car? You're going to the Walmart and you're driving and you're naked? Are you in Walmart shopping? I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, the rest of y'all just pray for me. But even in your dream, you're just walking everything, and all of a sudden you realize, and you go, oh, and you're trying to, it's a, it becomes a nightmare. You're trying to hide and everything, because, I mean, all right, anyway. You just feel vulnerable. That's what you feel like. You know, they cover themselves with fig leaves. You think about that, maybe, was that smart? But when you... But when you know what is how the fig leaves are made and stuff, you begin to go, that's really stupid. The fig leaves, have you ever, how many of you have fig trees? You ever feel a fig leaf? Is it a smooth leaf? No, it's got like little thorns on it and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, but can you imagine? They put those fig leaves on the most sensitive parts of their body. You imagine showing up like that? I'm glad you got dressed this morning. I'm glad this isn't one of those nightmares and I'm preaching naked. Anyway, that's never happened in my dreams. I just. They thought it would be helpful, but it was painful and it was dangerous. And that's how we do. We try to cover up. And we think, well, if I cover up, I don't want people to know my hurt. I don't know what I want people to know what I really walk through because it's painful. It's painful. Not only is it painful, but it can be dangerous because you can hide so many things Then it can really, it can honestly just take your life. I mean, I know stories. I don't want to repeat them and I don't want to give me. I, I, I've heard stories where people have literally died because they, they, they begin to live out their fantasy world and, 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 and do things because they could never get satisfied with just what real love was out. They was always looking for love in the wrong places and with the wrong people. You know, and, and I believe in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. But the Lord called to the man. He says this. He says, where are you? And he says, and his, this Adam, and he answered, and he says, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was what? And I what? And I hid. Notice he didn't hide because he was embarrassed about his sin. He hid because he was naked. Let me just, shame leads us to wrong thinking. We don't see the world the way God sees it. So he hid, he covered himself behind something that was destructive. Just remember this, shame leads us to wrong thinking. Wrong thinking leads us to sinful actions, and sinful actions leads to destruction. Destroys us. That is why so many people don't have the intimacy with God that they really want to have. I remember when I was dating and I was in high school. and I always thought relationships was about lies, cheating, and covering up. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I remember dating a girl one time and she broke up with me, broke my heart. So I, you know, waited a couple weeks and then she, I heard she kind of liked me, wanted me to get back with her. So I... I asked her to out and stayed with her for about four or five days, and I broke up with her. 
You ain't going to hurt me. I'm going to get the best. You know what I'm talking about? But I was hurt. I can remember just doing things deceptively. I remember just, you know, and even in my relationship, I could be dating one girl. Because, see, my dad, I would go on weekends. My brother and I, we'd go. I'd have a girlfriend in, let me make a confession, all right? I had a girlfriend in Lafayette and had girlfriends in Sulphur. Because that's where my dad lived and my mom lived in Lafayette. And so I lived this double life. You know what I'm saying? And I would have girls that would write me from Sulphur to my mailbox in Lafayette. And I would tell them, you know, all these lies and all this stuff. And it was like, and, and never would they meet. You know what I'm saying? But I can just remember, I remember what is the seed, you know. And my thing is, what is the seed that Satan has planted in your life that you couldn't just be yourself? And you had to act like something. You thought relationships was about cheating, covering up, hurting, pain. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? It was training you to break up later. What is it that the seed that Satan is planting in your life? Number two, here it is. Here's the question. What dangerous and painful covering are you hiding behind? Let me write, let me say that again. What dangerous and painful covering are you hiding behind? You might think because of what you, what happened or what you did, you just go, man, I, I'm a terrible, I'm a bad person. I'm horrible. Let, let me just clear the air. You might be thinking because that, that happened that you're a bad person. Let me talk to you about the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt says this, I feel bad because what I did. Hello? Guilt is, I feel bad for what I did. Shame is, I'm bad because what I am, what I did. In other words, I'm dirty, I'm unlovable. If, if they know the real me, they, would, they wouldn't like me, uh, you know, so I'll just cover up. I have to put this false front on. I got to act a certain way, say the right things, and go through these hoops and loops. Maybe you're just, what are you hiding behind? What image? Maybe you're just hiding behind a lie. Maybe you're relationally de uh, detached. What do you mean? Many people do that in their marriages. They won't let their mate get close to them, and their mate feels like there's something not there. And so they don't want to hurt them, but they end up hurting them because they're trying to cover up something, and they're not getting real, and they're not being, wanting to say, let's get this thing right. They don't expose it, so they always think there's something missing. Does that make sense? And then, then you get to the, then we set unreasonable expectations on someone maybe when we're dating they're not good enough they're not uh then we have this self-defensive mechanism and we have all these expectations that they have to meet they have to be perfect i love when people come into me and they go pastor bubba so and so and i want to get married and they are perfect really can i meet that little angel because let me tell you something no one in this room is perfect. How many of you have been married more than two weeks? Or is your mate perfect? Well, y'all trying to help yourselves. I can see it. Is your mate perfect, yes or no? No. And that's why we need the grace of God, and that's why we learn to grow together, and that's why we need to help one another. That's what the Bible said when God created man. He said he created woman, you know, and he said because it was God's kind way of saying, man, you need help. He gave you a helpmate. And so here it is. And then sometimes we just like to sabotage relationships. You cheat on them. 
You start with getting close to them, and then you do something. You lie to them. You hurt them. And, and uh, you know, and you, you, you run for the hills. And, and people go, why are you like that? Every time you try to get close and right, you just kind of freak out. You kind of just, like, go off on something. And, and what they do is, you know, because they're scared to death. They'll find out what they're hiding. They'll find out that you're, what they're hiding behind, that it'll be exposed, and you won't love them. Am I making sense here? Why, why are we doing this, some of this? You know, you bring, you know, and then why are we speaking about this, Pastor Bubba? Because I, I just look at, we're, we have an assault on our society today, an assault. Let me say, you can't even walk down and shop with your children, mama, at Walmart and go down the aisle and look at some of those magazines. And some of you might be going, I can't believe we're talking about sex in church. Well, let me tell you something. Your kids know more about the Walmart line and reading all those magazines while they're waiting there because they say a whole lot more than what I'm saying this morning. So we need to expose the enemy's lies. Amen? So we know how to live. We know how to make the right decisions. And so, you know, what do you do when you've been hiding so long, Pastor Baba? Can I tell you? Look at me. You've got to learn to drop the fig leaf. I've had, I had a guy one time, I, was, did, I did inner city ministry, traveled all over the United States, lived in almost every state, been to 42 states, been more to that now, but that's how I traveled. I lived in every major city, worked in... Mission Station, Salvation Army, ate the food that they served and just ministered to Jesus. Even went cognito a few times dressed like a street guy. Just to go out and live with the guy amongst the people. Now, if you know my pedigree, I came from a pretty wealthy family. And so for me to go do all that, it was like, it was, it was, it was a trip. And then you see all the things that people hide behind. It was just amazing. You see, our society are, uh, is so filled, and it's trying to stuff things down our throat. And we, if we don't know the truth, we'll buy into the lie. you got to drop the fig leaf. you got to just get real. you got to get open. you got to get honest. How do you do that? You know, you confess your secret sin. I remember as we were doing that in ministry, and I had this one guy that was on my team. He came to me one night, and this is what he said. He just His name was Gavin he graduated from Jimmy Swagger Bible College. He was going to a, the Bible College I was at. All this stuff, we were just sitting. He was a great guy from Houston, Texas. And I was the leader. And so he came to me. I was a little older than him. And he said, Baba, I just got to talk to you, man. I said, what's up, Gavin? Man, I've been really struggling. What you been struggling, bro? I can't come to know you. You've been kind of a little distant and stuff. And what's going on? And what he began to share with me, I never, I never knew. I would have never thought. He said, Bubba, I came from a really nice neighborhood. And from the time I was 10 years old to the fifth grade, sixth grade, whatever, junior high, my neighbor used to have me come over to his house, and he had his way with me. And I've never told anybody and I'm just really struggling, man. And at that point, you don't go, you dirty, rotten, nasty, sicko. 
You know what I did? Man, I'm sorry. When someone shares something like with you, you don't have to ask God to give you the compassion and help them. And can I tell you something? When he opened up, he was a new person. There wasn't that distance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've heard of people in marriage where, you know, they were molested or things happened to them or they'd done something. They got real and their mate, their, their wife or their husband. I knew there was a distance. But when they became to get real and they brought that darkness to light, come on, all of a sudden things were able to change in their hearts. So, you know, there, there are often certain things that only grow in the dark. Fungus, mold, and shame. It's time to bring it to the light. You know, here's, here's some thoughts that I have that may help you. I want to help you, okay? I want to help you. Are y'all with me this morning? I know it's a touchy subject. I just, but I really feel, I feel strong. We need to get this out in the open. Amen? First, next thing, first thing is here's, I want four thoughts I want to get you thinking. Number one, confess your secret shame. You need to begin. You, you might have been a victim or an offender. No, no more hiding in the dark. I'm going to bring this to the light. And I can't live there anymore. Maybe some of you need to get the biblical counseling. Some of you need to, you know, to, find, to renew your mind. You need to bring that to someone that's a mature believer and go, someone that will help you, that will help you renew your mind. You know, you're not conformed to the image of this world, but you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, you need to take, let me just say, you need to take your hurt to Jesus. The Son of God who makes things broke, he takes broken things and he makes them new. The Bible says he's the redeemer. He's the forgiver. He's the Savior. He is the Son of God. You know, you take it to Jesus. Come on. To Jesus. You take whatever you walked with. You give it to Jesus. I love when Pastor Josh was interviewing the devil. And he goes, Jesus. And, oh, you probably, Jesus, oh, you know. And it's sometimes we've got to make a stand. I've had dreams, literally. I mean, y'all going to think I'm really weird, but I've had dreams where I've had my friends literally going to sign a contract to sign their life over to Jesus. I mean, to the devil, not to Jesus. And I'm like, no, don't do that. And in my dreams, I'm trying to rebuke the devil. I rebuke you in the name of I can't get it out. How many of you I'm talking about? Jesus, and I wake up and go, oh, I'm sweating. I'm like, man, there's warfare happening in my dreams. And let me just say, I'm your pastor. If I'm your pastor, I'm just trying to help you expose the lies of the devil so you can allow Jesus to renew your mind and give you new thinking instead of stinking thinking. Satan wants to destroy you, and he'll start with lies. He is the deceiver, and he's the father of lies. Deceiver, father of lies. Jesus is the truth, the Bible says, and the truth will what? Come on, preach with me. And the truth will what? Y'all don't look at me like a deer in the headlights this morning. Come on, y'all. Another thing you need, to, you need to think about, get biblical counseling. Get a mature believer to help you to defeat the lies that you've been believing. 
Have someone, just, you know, someone that will walk with, through with you and, and say, no, no, you can't think like that. Let, let, let's see. This is what the Bible says, how you need to start thinking. This is how you need to start living. These are decisions you need to get made. That's a bad thought. That's a bad thinking. Don't be negative about your thinking in that. I mean, amen? Another thing, admit your secret sin. The conviction of God is on you. Because you have a dirty little secret, confess your need for help. Go to God, ask God, and find someone that you can trust. Not just someone that comes to church on Sunday, but someone that's living the life when they leave the church doors. Are you understand what I'm saying? Because a lot of false advertisement happens on Sunday morning. Woo, praise the Lord, hallelujah, woo, wah, wah, wah. And there's some people basing on feeling, man, if someone ain't falling out every week, man, God ain't in the moon. If God, you know, sometimes you need lights, and we don't need all these lights. We just need, let me tell you something. We need to bring the darkness to light. We need to expose the lies of the enemy because if we don't, we live in a dark and deceitful world. And this world is trying to destroy people, and we see it happening more and more and more in our society. I think about when I was a kid, we allow, it's like what Francis Schaeffer said, the great thinker. He says, what one generation tolerates with, the next generation will embrace is truth. We do. We've tolerated stuff. It's like my African friend is preaching. He goes, you're the devil. He tried to come. He put a finger in your mouth. Play with your mouth. If you let him play with one finger, he put two. And if he put two, he put three. Then he got a whole hand and he pull you where he wants you to go. And I love what he said. He goes, but God gives you teeth. He said, you bite the devil's hand right off. Y'all need to go to Africa with me sometime. And that's what we have to do. We have to go, you know what? God, you are with me. Nothing formed against me will prosper. No matter what. It doesn't matter. The enemy wants to get you while you're young, while you're innocent, and bring a fabric of a lie in your heart, and your mind, so you think that's what you have to be, and that's what you're going to be for the rest of your life. So you walk in shame, and you try to hide. You're never exposed because we're never taught. Just get it real. Get it right. Get it in the open. Admit your secret sin. I'm going to show a video, and I'm going to come back. Our sexuality is one of Satan's easiest doorways to shame us. How does this play out in normal life? Let's say that your life is clean and clear, and then one day someone hurts you sexually, or you make a sinful sexual decision, and all of a sudden, shame drops into your life. What used to be clean and clear now becomes cloudy. You're full of shame. Your life is stained. What do you do? Well, Scripture says in Job 11, 13 through 16, Yet if you devote your heart to God and stretch out your hands to Him, you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by.
I just want to encourage you this morning. We just got to be really real, very real with God. And what does that mean? Pastor, God wants to bring healing. How many of you believe that? I'm not here to shame anybody. I'm not here to embarrass anyone. But this darkness will continue to grow if you keep it in the dark. It just will. You're aware that this something's growing in your life. You know it. I don't need to come in and point you out or anything. I'm not here to do that. The Holy Spirit will come and bring conviction. And conviction is wanting to bring change in your life to help you. Does that make sense? You're aware that something's growing in your life. So you got to drop the, what do we do, Pastor? What do we do? You got to drop the fig leaf. There's a person, maybe there's a person you need to forgive. I remember a girl that she was taken advantage of when she was young and her uncle was dying. She actually had, God had changed her heart. And she heard me share a message similar to this. And she went back to her uncle. And there was a bunch of people in the room and she she couldn't do it while she was there. And she just said, God, there's too many people. Just clear the room. And the guy cleared the room. She went in to her uncle. And she said, uncle, whatever. She said, I have something I want to talk to you about. And this is what he did. He, she said, he goes, I know what you want to say. And she says, I forgive you for what you did. And he began to cry. And she prayed for him. And God broke that thing that had covered her heart and covered her mind, she forgave him. Maybe the person you need to forgive is yourself. Maybe you've done things or you've acted out things. And you need to allow not only God's forgiveness, but you need to learn to forgive yourself. Some of you are just beating yourself up. God comes with his grace to forgive. Amen? Maybe you need to tell your spouse a secret. You might hide. And can I, can I tell you, when you do that, it's kind of like, oh, will they stay with me? Like, it just tests what you really have and who they really are. Whatever God shows you or allows you to show you what you need to do, drop the fig leaves. That's all I'm saying. Just drop the fig leaves.